um, the Disney Pixar movie Soul, animated movie starring uh, Jamie Foxx, a uh, who played the other character in Soul. I always for uh, Tina Fey, Tina Fey, starring Tina, Tina Fey, Fey and Jamie yes, Foxx. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the helm on this one. Go for it, Dan. Talk to me about Soul. Soul. I enjoyed it for a lot of reasons. I enjoyed it for a lot of reasons. First of all, I'm a sucker for Pixar Disney films. I love the uh, emotional aspects of it. I love the uh, the um, the story behind it. Um, I think, and this is personally just me from what I've seen. I've seen films like Klaus. I've seen films like uh, Into the Spider Verse, and the way, the creative ways that they use animation to extenuate the emotion and the style and the you know whatever you want to call it of a film or an animated film. This film. If we didn't see the characters, it looks beautiful. Oh my gosh. The, and I'm not saying the characters weren't beautiful. I'm just saying, if you were to take the characters out, you know, I wouldn't be upset with you if you said, oh, this is, is this the real world? Is this really not the real world? Wow. It, it is that clean, man. Um, like the design of this film, of the locations, of everywhere, feels like real places. And then when you add the characters in, they've, they they found a sweet spot of, all right, cool, we're never going to end up in the Uncanny Valley, they, but they still have a cartoonish kind of look to them, but an incredibly realistic look to them as well. So they found the sweet spot of making realistic characters not seem creepy and weird or have mm-hmm. dead eye or, or, or a creepy 3D design. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the most be- that it, that's one of the most beautiful things that you can see in, uh, on this film. But they still had fun with still making very cartoonish looking looking characters. When you actually see the models of the souls in the films, they yeah. still look like the old school Pixar Disney uh, uh, models. So for for them to marry both of them so seamlessly to represent different things and not for it to cross over to the point where it's jarring, well, was an amazing design choice so and, 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 me, and, and major props. A- Give me a breakdown of the plot of Soul. What is Soul about? <laughs> so Soul's about Soul, baby. Um, mm-hmm. But no, so Soul's about um, a character. What's this character's name? The character's name is Joe. Um, Joe um, is a, a j- uh, he loves jazz. He plays jazz. He plays piano. Yes. Um, he, he has such a great passion for me. He's been gigging for years and he um, never really amounted to anything in the thing that he loves so much but mm. he's incredibly talented yes. um so to keep him busy or to make make sure that he has money to pay rent and everything he's been teaching jazz or the jazz band in a local um high school and the uh and so the high school gave him a problem the problem was they love them they, they want to give him a permanent job a uh, full-on job and he felt kind of down about it because he mm. reaches middle age and he hasn't done anything to his um, credit or to his uh, expectation of himself that yeah. is worthy of you know being a great jazz artist he really wants to be in the jazz scene or be recognized as someone that is uh, um, amazing for that mm-hmm. so he has this little conundrum in his heart like oh do i really want to do this man i still live my dream so it was him letting go he, he felt like he had to let go of his dream to uh, uh to live a more stable life and so he had this kind of back and forth with his mum as well and so what he was trying to and then he got the opportunity by one of his old students that he used to teach jazz band who's actually playing with someone that he absolutely adores in the jazz realm and then she gave him an opportunity to actually play and she's like all right you got the gig and he's open because like what he actually wanted is finally happening and in that moment where he's so excited 
he dies. Mm. He dies and he's about to go into the great beyond with his soul, but he couldn't accept it. He didn't want to accept it. Mm. But so he escapes from the line of 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 um of going to the great beyond and he ends up trying to find his way back so he can actually live the life that he thinks that he wanted. And then um, that's that, that's a very quick synopsis of it. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few more hijinks. There's another character that helps him better realize how he should live his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that is that. So my very quick um, feeling about the film is, yeah, it hit all those strings, man, all those heartstrings. It was very, very emotional. I really enjoyed it for that. Uh, there are a couple of things that I thought that they could have done alternatively. But ultimately, I, I genuinely enjoyed the film. Uh, there was one aspect that I was thinking, okay, cool. This wasn't really explained. This wasn't really dove into. But I, I, I'll let it slide because, you know, I, I still enjoyed the film for, for the visuals, for the story, for how it went down. It did go down exactly how you'd expect it to go down. So mm. there were no surprises in this film. There was no surprises. There was no big villain. It was just unforeseeable circumstances. Um and then things are happening given the situation. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not too mad at that. Uh, being able to predict a child's well, you know what? It's really for everyone, but it, it does seem like it's aimed a bit more for children. Yeah. Uh, to help them realize about you know their own personal purpose. Uh, so I'm not too mad about it not being you know uber intelligent or crazy. But yeah. no, like yeah, I I enjoyed it thoroughly for for the visuals for the for the almost predictable story but still gets to me uh, emotionally um and yeah i can't speak i can't speak any more highly enough for some of the cultural scenes that we got in that film that mm. i think hasn't personally been represented in in um in cinema or or films uh to that extent and i thought yeah that it got it got the reason why this is here and i'm like yep it just it gets it. This film gets it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets on so many different levels. It gets it for that particular scene I'm talking about, which I know you know what I'm talking about. It gets it for exactly being in the zone, what that actually means and how it feels like. Where even when you're like, for example, when you're playing a game and you forget that you're holding control and you're just, it's just you playing the game rather yeah. than you inputting information into a controller to play a game. You're, you're in the zone. You're getting the 10 head like headshots in a row. Like you, You're getting like MVP in a game, you know, yeah so it it really really lends itself to you know really getting how people feel like getting why people are who they are mm-hmm. and i thought that was beautiful i thought okay. that was beautiful okay cool 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 yes yeah, me so my experience with soul um the first time i watched it i actually did myself a major disservice um i was working on stuff for the podcast uh, just some design stuff a few ideas while i was watching the film on the side and um, I came away from the film kind of like, that was fine. A bit disappointed, but oh, no. that was fine. <laughs> oh, no. uh, but I made the decision to watch the movie again and say, do you know what? I didn't actually do this right. I, I, put it, I didn't put respect on its name. And, it, and its name is Soul. So I sat myself down. I watched the movie again. And the second time around, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I still had the same problems I had with my original watch. Uh, but... To recap the basic story again, and I'm just going to like paint by numbers on it. It's a talented teacher that works in a school as a music teacher. He's not satisfied with his life. He thinks he can re- reach the greatness, the greatest levels of music um, in jazz anyway. is like, you know, to be a, a, a world-renowned 
jazz performer, you know, but the cases with jazz artists, it's like you never really see them like fill out arenas, but they're able to dabble in their chosen field to the highest level and people to enjoy them, whether it be a small lounge arena to a more big one. It's like, it's just, just to be able to perform on a stage and be respected. Um, he is given the opportunity to work full-time as a teacher, which in my mind, I think to myself, well, like you couldn't have been rubbish at the job, especially when you was doing it part-time for them to give you a full-time gig. You must've been really good in what you're doing if they really want you there. His mom's excited. He doesn't seem that excited because in his mind, he can't do both, which I think if you're gigging in the evening, you can teach in the day. It's not like you have to teach at night unless there's something deeper there that the movie didn't explore. But he thought that, he wanted all of this time dedicated to the arts. And his mom said, no, sick or tired of that. I'm slightly disappointed to you as my son. You're going to take this job. He takes the job. He gets a phone call from one of his old students. An opportunity is opened up to work for the great Dorothea Williams, this great jazz saxophonist. And he is ecstatic. He's He thinks he's made it. So... He, he tries to go to it. He's excited. He's on the phone. Falls, in, falls into a manhole and he dies. Gets sent to the great beyond. He's on this conveyor belt edging towards the great light. And you always see that in films. It's like, you know, don't walk into the light um, or just or walk into the light. You know, that's 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 heaven. And obviously this film doesn't deal with heaven or hell. They 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 It's mentioned cursely, but they that those concepts are not discussed. And he sees that great light and he is terrified because he's terrified because he's finally made it in his mind. He's got the opportunity to make it and death is not going to stop him. So he's running back down this conveyor belt, dodging through these people. A very comical moment when you're actually seeing other souls and their kind of like personalities showing through uh, little chibi kind of characters. And he's jumping over them and he breaks through the barrier on the side falls down, plummets into this kind of conceptual realization of what the afterlife is, almost like geometric shapes, and falls into what is like the the preschool of life, the youth seminar, where it all felt of like these... limbo. Felt, felt like a bit like limbo. My friend like... said that as well. They she felt yeah. felt limbo. Um she she actually referred to the uh, the youth seminar as limbo, which I didn't necessarily agree with because I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand the idea that you started off in limbo, then went to life. I always thought like limbo was a afterlife kind of thing. Um, oh, I always thought limbo was kind of like the in-between between, uh, it was in between life and death. That's and, the thing, but I always thought that yeah. was after life, not necessarily before, like before you become, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even think of limbo being there. I always thought like you're dead and you have to choose, you know, right. but neither, neither here or there, but uh, he's in the preschool, the youth seminar, and he's seeing all of these young souls and they, they go through this whole montage of how souls are the developed and released into the world. They're kind of, their personality aspects are chosen for them. They, they're ushered into these rooms. Later in the film, they actually say like, it's not just quite they're chosen for them. It's actually, they explore those different aspects with a, a mentor, people that have previously died, not ready to move on but can advise the youth. Um, he, he sees this and he's like, wait, what the hell? And realizes fully on that he's, he's dead. He meets uh, this thing called 
uh, a Jerry, which I, the, my favorite aspect of this film are the Jerry's and the Terry's, I have to say. Um, he meets them and the Jerry explains what's going on that, you know, this is all conceptual, but this is the beginning of life for these souls. You know, you're at the end of a life. So you're, you're here to be a mentor or you can kind of go to the great beyond. And he's like, no, 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 I'll be a mentor. Um, and he's assigned this very difficult soul, soul 21, which I think it was purposely called soul uh, 21, 22, 22. 22 because I think it was literally the 22nd soul ever created that just refused to live. It didn't want to actually live. It said like, no, <laughs> the world is messed up. Even from the beginning, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I can, I can stay here forever. I don't, I do I don't need to feel things. I don't need to like things. I don't need to do things. I'm good here. And she's been the sign mother Teresa, Muhammad Ali. Um, was it Socrates? I believe. Um, yeah. Love so the greats. You know, and they all hate her. Like Mother Teresa hates her, which, you know, that's a funny you, thing within itself. Did you, did, you, did you know what I felt so much about this film? Well, I, I felt more so in this film than in a while, like a teacher. Like, I, really? like bro, because I'm telling you, like, I work in a school, I'm, I teach maths, bro. And when there's so, there's a few students, it's not a lot of students, but there's a few collection, there's a small percentage of students that are just like that, where it doesn't matter who they're talking to, they'll just be defiant, they'll just be against, and you can be the, the, the Mother Teresa of the group, you can be the Mother Teresa teacher, you can be the aggressive teacher, nothing gets through to that student, and it's so frustrating, because you can see the reason why that they need to do something, yeah. but they refuse to engage with it, and, yeah. you know, I, I felt like, man, this, 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 I, I feel it, man. Muhammad Ali, I feel it, man. Every day, mm. <laughs> every day, like we have those just defiant kids that just don't want to get it, and it, it was just such a like, wow, this is this is hella meta. <laughs> this is proper yeah. meta. Yeah, that's so what I was very interesting to see. It, it, it was actually really interesting, really funny. There was that one scene with Abraham Lincoln where she said, like Lincoln, like Lincoln's a liar, and there's a small exchange where he, to prove the point, it's a little like flashback moment where Lincoln says like, oh, I'm more than happy to be the face of the uh, the penny. He said like, well, Andrew Jackson got the 20 and he screams, Andrew Jackson and throws his hat on the floor. That was actually a cute moment. That was hilarious. Um, and the movie carries on in the vein of uh, The Great Adventure. He basically wants to get back to Earth. She doesn't want to go to Earth and be born. So they had to deal that if he can get this kind of sticker that all of these souls have that when they fill up the sticker, they're ready to be born and descend into earth. If he can fill out her sticker and get the earth sticker, she'll give it to him and he can go back. Now that doesn't really work out that way. And they end up finding another way through with these uh, people that are able to transverse like the astral plane. If you, if you will say like this place where you mentioned before the zone, so. Um, but there's also the flip side to the zone where lost souls inhabit. They actually break down this idea that sometimes people get so entrenched in their depression. It's almost as similar as people that get lost in the zone of great concentration. And sometimes some people can transition from the zone into obsession and end up being a lost soul, which I thought was absolutely crazy beautiful concept like that was a good concept that was a really good concept it's so apropos it's so on the money like you see it 
with, you see it with musicians all the time, like great musicians that are so entrenched in the music, in the execution, that they almost implode their own career, whether it be through the use of, of stimulants, you know, drugs, and just, they just, they're shallow themselves of, in essence, taking those psychedelics to improve their music because all that matters is the music or the breakdown of relationships or just isolation. They just isolate themselves. All that matters is them and the thing that they are passionate about. And obviously, well, podcasts about being passionate, but not to the detriment of living. Living is key. Yeah, there, there's a couple of things that um, I've spoken to. I can't remember if I spoke to you about it, but I've spoken to quite a few of my friends about it. And um, it's something that I've realised with myself because I've, I do find myself in that mind frame where I'm like, all right, cool, success, success, success. So I'm shutting everything out. I'm having sleepless nights because I'm up doing the thing that I feel like will make me successful. And it breaks down into, I, I realised that I came out of that because I understood that well, I came to the realization that it's two aspects of it. And it's about timing. The timing, also the mentality of where your mind, the mentality of where you allocate time. There are times you have to live for the moment and there are times you have to live for the future. People get so bogged down about, okay, I'm doing this because I'm trying to live for a future. I'm trying to build for something, which is not inherently bad, but sometimes people ignore what's happening in front of them or in the moment that all they're doing is living for the future. If you never live for the future, I mean, if you never live for the moment, then you're always chasing something that you'll never get to experience. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that's what I took from it. Um, and, and how I related it to some of the realizations I came up with a few, uh, you know, a few years going now, where like, yeah, you, you need to live for the moment. You need to live for the future. Like enjoy the things that, you know, surround you. Like, and they play a lot of that in this film where like, okay, the simple things, enjoy the simple things, you know, it could be from going, and you talked about the breakdown of relationships and yeah, man, that's, I was thinking about this throughout the entire film, like some of the biggest breakdowns are people just being unhappy mm-hmm. about the way people are not being proactive in a relationship or not really focusing on them when they should be focusing on the now rather than focusing on the, God, I'm trying to do this, I'm trying to do this, you know, yeah. let me be me, like, and that's, that's not, good and i see a lot of those people being those lost souls um so it's deep man it's deep in that aspect because it got yeah. me thinking about that a lot like live for the moment and also live for the future yeah so the crazy thing is late in the film like they figure out another way to get back right so they use the concept of the zone and within the zone or the the land of the lost souls there's like thin spots where with concentration, he can feel... So at this point in the story, we realise that he's not dead. He's just in a coma in a hospital. So he can make a choice to either leave the world of the living and embrace death or, you know, try to fight to to come back. But as far as, like, the Jerry's, uh, the Jerry's are concerned, he's dead. And there's this one character called Terry, which I think is a, he's like the accountant. He's counting all of the souls in and out. Um, I don't know who he's played by. Um, but I think he's, um, he's, a, he's played by uh, Rachel House. Rachel House. Yeah. Um, not familiar, but absolutely hilarious. I think um, New Zealand or Australian. Um, she's Moana. She was gra- she she was in Moana. She was Grandma Teller. Oh she was Topaz Teller. in Full Ragnarok. Oh, okay. 
Oh, I love her. She is an absolutely brilliant. I think she's from New Zealand. Um, forgive me if I got that wrong, but she is absolutely brilliant in. Uh, yeah, she's from New Zealand. Yeah. Um, she she she's great in this. Uh, playing. Um, she's hilarious in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> and she brings that kind of like sardonic wit to this as well, like that by the book, a, accountant. Yeah. That one scene where he, he's walking to the filing room to try and find. I don't know whether it's a male character, but they drew it like a male character. But um, Terry's walking to the filing room to try and find the soul that's missing because he doesn't know that is Joe yet. And the woman on uh, the the other Terry on the desk greets him, and as he's as he's walking past, he's like, "Oh, hey, Terry, how's it going? Don't play dumb with me." And carries on walking up. Also, so I don't know why yeah. that's funny, but it's yeah. <laughs> That this that dismissal and just carried on, um, but absolutely being character. Um, so long story short, they find a way back, uh, inadvertently back into the world of living. They fall through that soft spot, uh, but he um, Joe falls into the hole with uh, twenty two, and as they fall in and land where his body is, something goes wrong. Twenty two ends up in Joe's body, and he en- he ends up as the cap. And hilarity has become a body swap trope. <laughs> it's the body swap trope. Body swap trope. But through this trope, uh, it's a discovery of the appreciation mm-hmm. of what what life can be. That's the thing. That's the duality of this film that I really liked. Right? It wasn't just twenty two realizing that he eventually wants to live because she lived through. She lives through. Uh, Joe's life, which initially thinks she thinks is pathetic, and he start he actually realizes while he's in the after afterlife that is is actually pathetic. But he wants to do it right, and his opportunity to perform will allow him to do it right. Is that there's always opportunity to live a life worth living, and that's what I took away from this film. It wasn't just like, oh, I just want to be alive. It's like you can be alive and still be a waste case, but. To be alive and actually live a life worth living, that a, li- a life that you are happy with. It doesn't have to be grandiose. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It's one that you was happy participating in, sharing it with other people, being loved and loving yourself. That was a powerful message. And um, the realization that it, there's, there's a point where it was heartbreaking where when 22 realizes she wants to live and she doesn't kind of want to give up with Joe's life and Joe's like no 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 it's all about my performances that was a bit heartbreaking and but the big twist about it is that when he finally gets to live his life again and does the performances a great performance he was in the zone he killed it the the greatest moment in his life is finally lived out and his question was what's next and the reality is that same old shit we come That's back and we do it again yeah, man, that, that scene was the visual representation of the grass is not always greener. Mm. Like, he's been, like, he, he's been so used to looking over this fence, like, wow, it must be nice. No, it's great. And then he got there and he realized it's not any different. Like, yeah. he doesn't feel any different. Um, but that's partly because he's been hyping up all his life, you know. Yeah. When you hype something up to, to the nth degree, like before you know it, when you actually receive it, it's not as exciting anymore. Just like you know, watching a movie trailer or even hyping yourself up for a brand new game or mm-hmm. a brand new experience that you're about to have, and then it doesn't live up to your headcanon or to your to to the, the magnitude that you've hyped it up to. Um, so I think that played a part into it. But I'm happy that that happened because it allowed him 
to realize that okay it's not what it's always cracked up to be it's not always uh, where it is that's the thing um, you know it's like my, have you have you ever had those moments in times like in when we was younger right that that girl that we just was in our mind just she's a oh, she's so hot she's so amazing but either you don't take the opportunity to do anything about it or you kind of like you kind of procrastinate eventually you do it right and you realize oh oh she's just another person she's nothing she's she's special in her own right sure but like everything i built up in my head and she's just kind of another person yeah the pedestal that you put her on was not was made out of foam <laughs> she's the regular the person yeah. that's the thing she's and the you know what person that phone crumbled and you realize you're on the same level and in the end you ask yourself so what's next and you're like same old shit i guess and that was a very powerful thing that this show explored i think let me get critical now since i broke down most of the things that i, I liked i love the visual yeah. style of the real world i think the real world was beautifully rendered the characters so well stylized like oh and Showing, you know, these black characters, which I think a lot of animators can get wrong, but I think the the caricatures were really done well as a stylized uh, re representation of black people. Uh, I'm disappointed that in terms of black culture, they kind of limited themselves. You know, they went into jazz, they went into barbers and, you know, the black mama. Uh, but, you know, you're set in this in the world of jazz in New York, and it just felt lacking i wanted more and maybe it's the nature of the business because you're making a mainstream movie it needs to apply, apply to a wider audience i get it cool. well uh, what, what i'll say to that is in a way by you saying that they kind of succeeded in a couple of things mm -hmm. um the, the main thing that they would that they succeeded in is making you want more from the world that they built which mm -hmm. is great um, and hopefully they can take that feedback from which I hope everyone is saying, because I feel the same way, that this was an amazing world, even though it's a real world, it's an amazing world that they set up in a very small pocket of, um, of, of, of the city. And it made me want more of it. Like yeah. it didn't feel long enough, but you know, there's only so much time you can spend on this. There's only so much you can do given yeah, the allocated time, there's only so much money you can spend. Um, but no, I, I think if they, if, they, if they got the city wrong, we would be complaining about the city because we're not we're complaining and we want more of it and we're annoyed mm. that there wasn't more of it. That says a lot about how they set up the environment for it. Yeah. Um, the other the other thing I had a problem with this film is everything in the afterlife. I found it to be, but compared to what Pixar has done before and a lot of animated movies, to be the least imaginative uh, representation of the afterlife, I liked the Jerry's and the Terry's, them almost yeah. like being on a two-dimensional plane, but existing in yeah. in a state that's so it's the two-dimensional plane in a three-dimensional um almost like con a conscious concept, but they exist like that because the human mind can't comprehend it. I like that concept and I like the fact that they're just kind of squiggly lines that manipulate in the 3D space. Yeah. Just everything else just was that one color that kind of pastel blue, powder blue, it was it was boring to me. Even the designs of the soul, even when they had I individual- I think they wanted to keep it, yeah, gone. Even if they don't, even though they had individual stylizations of their face and stuff like that, there was so much more character in 
the real world characters than there was in the afterlife characters. And I get it, simplicity, right? But they established that this is a world of concept. Like everything you see is not real, it's an illusion, right? Then why does everything look the same? She even, Tina Fey's character, 22, even says like, yeah, like Jamie Foxx's character, Joe, asks is like, why do you sound like a middle-aged white lady? And she said like, oh, um, well, I could sound like anything. And she sounds like an old man. Uh, she sounds like a cutesy little toy thing, which most of the other souls sound like. And she says she chooses that voice because it annoys people. I mean, we could easily find an explanation for that. Um, and, and it's not me just trying to justify it because what you're saying mm. is very true. Mm. Um, I, I think because 22 has been around for, for most likely eons. Mm. So she's, or he's, well, non-gender to be honest because mm. the soul doesn't necessarily have to be male or female yeah. I, I think because that soul's been to the, around for so long um they picked up well traits from what they've learned or not learned from the various people that mentored the uh, mentored uh the soul or from, mm. from what they've experienced also with the um souls and the world i i agree with you yeah it is very minimalistic but i think that the reason why they may have done that uh, it may not be the right reason. Once again, they didn't explain it in the actual film, uh, and that's fine. But I think the main reason why they kept it minimalistic is because this is the place of origin. Mm -hmm. Origin it is like, all right, cool. You, you, you're nothing. There's nothing distinct about you just yet beyond your traits and your spark. And then once you get to the real world, also once you get to Earth, that's when it fleshes you out, uh, literally, <laughs> um, a bit more. So I, I think they didn't want to give people too much uh, uh, um, individualism, individualism, because they gain their individualism when they get to Earth, um, and I think that's the transfer, tra uh, the difference that they wanted to make. Because almost everyone that had a uh, a trait or a visual trait, for example, like Joe's glasses and hat, um, and even the um, the Zen guy swirl uh, twirling around the sign with mm -hmm. his moustache and everything. The reason why I think they had those traits is because they lived their life. So their soul has taken on some form of individualism. Whereas all the souls that were yet to jump through the portal, um, they haven't been to Earth yet. So they haven't, you know, taken on anything yet. Um, so I think they tried to keep it minimalistic just to show that, yeah, you're a blank slate mm -hmm. before, you, before you're born. So they did it very neutral, calm, and very uh, um, blank colours and visuals. Yeah, I, I I guess, and that's that's all well and good, but representation of the afterlife being so boring is 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 boring because it's like I think. Well, we never got to see the afterlife. We just got we, to see the bridge. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's boring. It's just a black void. Like that is like one of the most depressing things you can put in terms of depiction of the afterlife. It's just a black void. You excel towards the bright light, then you fizzle and pop. He was so terrified by that. Ran away. That was an opportunity to show that like. For me, as a, as a creator, I would have been like, conceptually, the afterlife, maybe you had the common zone, right? The common zone of the afterlife where everything is homogenous and looks the same, but every individual afterlife is whatever concept you come up with, because that would have been an opportunity to have like his jazz or his African-American nature just flowing through the afterlife, because that's his visualization of the afterlife. But you know, the fact, the I, fact I, that I, they chose I, to homogenize yeah. it all so flat for me. Even the, the design of the soul, cool, I get it. They're not formed yet, but you see them forming through 
going through those different buildings to pick up their traits. These ones are going to be aloof. These ones are going to be this. And the only thing that changes is their face. The aloof ones get mm. frowny and the ones that are excitable just bounce around. Boring. It's like you're, 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 you're telling, you're not showing. Granted, blank states and all of that. And when they finally change, it's just a sticker on your chest. Like the reason why I find that disappointing is that a similar concept to, to that in terms of the conceptual is inside out where the conceptual characters of her personality are bright colorful drastically different sure they're not souls but it's the same con mm -hmm. uh, concept of conceptualization the non-tangible the things that we yeah. can't this this de define in color but we choose to and we find a way when you see like the preschool or the youth seminar and it's all the same visually i thought to myself i can't wait to get back to new york where it's a bit more interesting yeah okay i see what you're saying yeah um no no yeah I, I, and, and i agree they, they they had an opportunity to um uh, flesh out the world a bit more um i i would i would 100 agree with you if because your your concept of the afterlife based off of this film is different from my concept of the base on the off, afterlife from what i saw um, I never saw the the nursery or even the bridge as the afterlife. I always saw mm. that as the just before the afterlife. When yeah, they, they say, go, they when say that, great, they yeah, when they go that. to the great beyond and you know they do a little spark and they go on, then if we ever got to see the other side of that, obviously we wouldn't be able to come back and we wouldn't be able to have a film. But you know that's not uh, the biggest issue. But I, I think the things that you would have wanted um, would have been explored amazingly. If we got to see, you know, beyond that place, and but that goes into another, well, no, that, that goes into another issue that I do have with the film. I, I think it would have been great at the end if he, um, if they found a way in the story to actually have him go to the afterlife and mm -hmm. him pass away. No, not because I'm, I'm sadistic and I want to see him pass away. No, because you know the, the main ambition of the film did happen, and mm -hmm. it was leading to that. And technically, he was meant to die. He mm -hmm. kind of cheated the system. Um, but because it has to be a Disney film, has to end nicely. He, you know, you know, found a way around the system, or the Jerry's found a way around the system. But yeah. if he did manage to go through, and then it did show uh, the afterlife, and maybe show his dad and some colorful aspects of it, then you know, it could go. It could have gone in different ways, and that's probably the only thing that I would say about the film. That's like oh, that was a bit of a missed opportunity for showing it. Yeah, um, and that's where I would have loved to see what you was talking about. Yeah. Um, however, with the uh, nursery and the in between, whatever. Um, it, it's, it's like a waiting room it's like a waiting room or like the car park before you get to Thought Park it's just alright cool you ain't seen nothing special here because this ain't this ain't the end yet <laughs> this ain't it's barely even the beginning um, but once you arrive because you're either arriving on Earth or you're arriving to the afterlife there's just the, always the in-between aspect of those transitions um, from one place to another yeah and um, I, yeah I yeah. can't lament what they didn't show i can only lament what they did show and what yeah, they did true. show were just it just kind of fell fell flat for me um but i get i guess it's just the nature of the beast but what i wanted to do ken because that's pretty much my breakdown of soul done i also wanted to mention these uh these two shows that i've just discovered on sorry uh, just just because just just for you off the soul there was mm -hmm. probably one nitpick for this entire film what's that Beyond it being in my opinion being amazing it's one nitpick all right now who's excited he fell down the drain and then boom he died right or he was on the way to dying mm -hmm. right so he was on the bridge, he was about to pass through, he was about to die, he was about to go. Mm -hmm. 
and then he got back to earth and he was in a coma and then it was the whole body swap thing and now he's running walking jumping leaping and everything so my question to the people that made this film how and why did he die if when it seemed maybe a day between when he died he's able to walk move doesn't have headache doesn't have a concussion doesn't have any broken legs why did he die if he wasn't injured <laughs> because all he did was go into a coma so he slipped into a coma after going uh, falling into the drain so he fell into the drain and then he became comatose on the verge of dying yeah why did he drown like <laughs> there was no there was no way to explain why he was like about why he died yeah. and why he was able to run and jump and travel through new york without any issues so mm. that, that's that's probably my biggest like all right that that, that, that wasn't quite explained and why don't make sense why hasn't he got a broken arm why hasn't he got a broken leg why hasn't he bust up his head yeah nothing no scars True. nothing and He's we don't have a fine beyond just slipping to a coma yeah and we actually don't have a concept of how long he's been in hospital so yeah why what what about well no no we do we do because um the woman said come back uh later on in the day or the mm. next day for a gig so yeah. he wasn't in the hospital for a very long time yeah so if he's day. not in, if, if he's not in the hospital for a very long time what is to establish that what so what yeah you're right what is con- his condition in the bed is he in a persistent vegetative state can they decide that within a couple of hours because he has to come back late in the evening right and exactly if he's on the conveyor belt it's like he's making he he has to so the the, the jerry's already decided he's dead if he's on the conveyor belt right it's not yeah. like so yeah that, that was a, a life-threatening injury to be put on the conveyor belt yeah yeah, it's that's a, that's a major plot point. That's a major plot hole. It's a Thank plot you. point Thank and you. a plot hole at the same time. Wow. Yep. Um, I don't know. We'll never get the answer for that until no, the uh, the writer does an interview about or anybody cares to ask that question. But uh, moving on, um, I want to mention uh, these two shows that I think are kind of related to both Soul and Wonder Woman. And... Um, these two shows uh, are both on Netflix, actually. And one of them is called Alice in uh, Borderland. Um, essentially, I'm very early into it, and I'll come back to this at a later episode to actually break down once I finish the show, but I'm only on episode one. But the basic premise of the the show is, uh, it's about this layabout kind of guy. All he does is play video games. And he, one day, meeting up his friends, they're kind of bored of life and they want a bit more excitement and they kind of make this inadvertent wish that they wish life was like a game, a bit more an adventure. Something happens and they get sucked into this, not a game world, it's their world, but another dimension. Everybody's gone. The only people there- parallel universe. Yeah, it's weird. It's like a parallel universe. It's set in Japan. Uh, these three Japanese guys and everybody's gone. They're running around in the streets of Japan trying to find everybody and there's nobody there. They end up in this kind of um, area of Japan where they walk through and this woman appears, just casually just appears. She's got a jacket, she's got a bag and she breaks down. Hey, um, actually, no, before that, they see a massive billboard warning them. You are now in the game. You're about to begin in the game. And it's like, game? What game? What are you talking about? Um, 
they meet this woman where um and she she basically breaks down that like hey if you walk back that way you're gonna die she takes the guy's badge throws it and a laser just beams through the uh the card and then they realize oh stuff is messed up they also meet this other young girl that joins them so there's five of them walk into this room and the game begins they're in a cube room and it gave me vibes of this old film called the cube where these prisoners are sent to this prison and each room is designed to be a a torture room but you don't know what it is you just have like this one one doorway and you have to you're basically traversing to get to the other side but you don't know which room you're going into and all the rooms like but in this case it's a bit more simpler the first room that they end up with is just a basic room there's two doors and each one has a poster. One poster looks like a uh, what the Japanese called a shimigami, which is a death god, and another one's an angel. And they get they get a time limit on these phones that they were given with the uh, you know prepaid phones, I'm guessing. And they're given like about two minutes to get to the next room, but they have to pick the uh, the the door, the life door or the death door, and they don't they don't know what's going on. But the woman, the one with the handbag, the older woman, she basically tells the young girl, hey, go through the life door. That's, you know, I've done this before. It's fine. Go through the life door. And they're panicking because it's counting down because there's smoke pumping into the room and they're just coughing. The time time is running out. The girl just panics, runs through the door. And as she's running through head first, a beam of a laser beam just beams through her head and she dies and the clock's still running so they're panicked so they go through the other door and they're safe and it continues like that there's a bit more to the episode but that and i wanted to mention this other show called bridgerton which is a period piece um it's supposed to be set in what i believe to be uh 1800s london uh england i believe so but the weird thing about it is that there's black people there but nobody really makes a big deal about them being black like some of them are literally like lords and ladies and there's white people as well um the basic premise is that obviously it's a time period where women their only purpose is to marry that's it uh you can't go to university and have a higher education your whole thing is to better yourself to find a suitor and to be married off. And the main character, she's one of the Bridgerton girls, the oldest of it. She's been having a hard time uh, being married off and her brother feels compelled to do it. His old friend, who is, I think is the Duke of um, somewhere or other, a, a big to do, but he's like not interested in marriage whatsoever. There's a backstory to why. Uh, and the brother of the Bridgerton girl is like saying like, yeah, by no way you're getting married to my friend. He's not interested in marriage whatsoever. Uh, in marriage whatsoever. So he's picking these other dead dudes to marry her, one of which almost tries to rape her. And she basically punches the crap out of her. But in this period of time, to be caught, you know, outside with a guy, it makes it seem like he was doing some dirty stuff. Luckily, scandalous. Yeah. Luckily, the Duke was there. He comes to her aid, but she she doesn't really need it. But they come to an agreement, hey. Let's do something there. And it, you think it's cliched at first, but it gets deeper in the show. But they make an agreement that, like, let's pretend like we're, we're courting. 
that way you look appealing to the right guy because I'm on your level now. Because before that, no, either nobody wanted you or you was only getting bums. And I get my mom and other women to get off my back into try to get uh, trying to get married. Win win. I've seen this love story a million times. No, oh, God. That's, that's the thing. That's just one aspect of it. It's a TV show, right? But Boy. I thought to myself it was paint by numbers no, because it was giving me... The weird thing about it, the backdrop of it, there's a, a woman, unknown woman, that's writing this news pamphlet with everybody's business. It was giving mm. me Gossip Girl vibes. It's a, I think it's a it's a Shondaland production, the woman that does Grey's Anatomy and all of that jazz. Um, oh. I, don't know, I don't know whether it was intentional to rip off uh, Gossip Girl, but it was definitely ripping off Gossip Girl. Um, but the, the twist of it is the whole reason why the Duke doesn't want to um, get married is that when he was born, um, well, when his mom was delivering him, his dad, obviously, they, this is time you can't predict what, whether it's a boy or a girl. He's tired of having girls. He wants a son. He wants a son. He wants a son. He gives birth to a son. He's proud. He doesn't give a crap about his wife who's just died from childbirth. He's like, this is my son. I'm about to erect shit. Son grows up a little bit. He ends up having a stammer and the dad is disgusting. I've got a broken son. What, what the hell am I going to do? Do you know what? As far as I'm concerned, you're dead to me. I don't give a crap about you. You're dead to me. So Ooh. the young Duke, he's met by his, uh, his mom's best friend who basically helps him actually get out of the stammer, become more confident and... When he, 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 there's a scene where the young boy tries desperately to connect with his dad and his dad doesn't give a crap. Uh, initially, the dad thinks, oh, the stammer's gone. Great. I finally have a son again. Then it comes back a little bit. And it's like, mm, you're going to have to work on but that. He's nervous around his dad and his dad is actually not helping him keep his stammer in put. But, wow. this is, but this is where it gets interesting, Ken. Right? Wow, wow, wow. Bro, hey, bro, do you know what? I know you weren't trying to sell it. You just want to talk about it, bruv. I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> oh, I think I think people should watch I it. Watch I think it. it's a it's an interesting show. What's the the yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. wrinkle? This is only episode it's one. Drama, so it's not a big spoiler. Is that his whole reason for not getting married is the fact that he wants to kill his dad's bloodline because his dad was such a big piece of shit. He said, "Like I will never get married. I will never have kids." So as far as you're concerned, because his dad's on a deathbed now. Your 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 bloodline dies with you and me, because you will never get what you want. That that's his big revenge. Um, but the reason why I kind of linked all of these things together with Wonder Woman, with Soul, with Alice in Borderline, and yeah, Bridget I see it now. Is I think there's a deep discussion here about purpose, identity, and desire. So in Wonder Woman, you had um, Barbara, who eventually becomes Cheetah. Her desire was she wanted to be confident, strong, like Wonder Woman. You know, she didn't see any other purpose but that. Even though she was, she has multiple degrees. She's intelligent. She's well-to-do even because you see her apartment and it's, she, she's, she's making some money. She's making that, that 1984 money. Um, then you have Soul where you have the jazz singer, Joe, who, his identity is music. That's it. He has nothing else going on in his life. He sees his life when he's dead and he has nothing going on besides music. And his desire is to be the greatest jazz musician that ever lived. You I would got, say he had, he had nothing going on that he, 
that he realized because he had like, a lot going on yes. but he, did, he didn't realize how much he had going on but that's first to that's, him yeah that's yeah, personal yeah. perception him, right it's the same exactly, thing with yeah. wonder with wonder woman right the same thing with uh barbara her perception was that she's nothing because she's not liked popular confident anything same thing with you know diana her desire was trevor the only thing she can see in her happiness was Trevor. And eventually she had to sacrifice that. But her desire was nothing more than... She was willing to actually sacrifice the world. She could have been on top form and sorted things out, but she'd rather stay weak. Even when she knew she was weakening, she'd rather keep uh, Steve Trevor alive to stay, uh, to, to, to stay in her life and basically be you know, illegally sleeping with this guy that has no idea that his body's being driven around by Yeah, just so, get back into that, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, man, um, we need to we need to cancel uh, Diana Prince and Steve Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he's not about anymore, so it's just on her now. Oh, yeah, he got away scot-free, didn't he, the prick? Um, but <laughs> Alice in Borderland, you got that main guy. This is the twist with that show is that because he's so into, I thought it was a bit contrived, but because he's so into video games, he's like the best video game player in Japan. He's the one to figure out the rules of the cube game because they notice when they go into the next room, it's exactly the same poster. There's only two doors. But he realizes in a moment of panic and thinks back to everything that happened before that, he saw patterns on the way to that room and realized those patterns co a co a co they relate to different things within the room, like the tiling on the floor and figures out there's actually a pattern to it to go to which door at the right time, because otherwise you're flipping the coin whether you live and die. But you see that his identity was just a gamer. That's it. I'm, granted, I'm only on episode one, but he's just a gamer. And he had no desire. He had no purpose but to game. Um, so did this new wasteland or this parallel world gave him a purpose that he didn't necessarily want. He just wanted to be a guy that's played games. So this parallel world just gave him something instead. Potentially, potentially. Honestly, yeah, we, yeah. we won't Based know whether he makes it past the third episode. So we'll, we'll see. But, you know, uh, going down to Bridgerton, you've got the concept of purpose, identity and desire again, where you have uh, the main uh, the main female character that her only purpose is to be somebody's wife. She doesn't want that. She wants to be more. If anything, she does want it in a sense that she doesn't want to be want it to be arranged where somebody that she doesn't love and doesn't care for. She saw the great love of her mother and father, and she wants that. But her brother is thinking like, I'm as the head of this family. I'm responsible for you. That's gone, mom. Mom, without me, you lot have nothing because women can't inherit wealth. What, uh, you know, the worst thing that can happen in this period of time is that if a man has only females, he can't give, he can't leave anything to women because women can't inherit anything. So he, they need a son by way of either having a son, you know, biologically or adopting some through marriage. That's the only way in that period of time. So her purpose and identity is to be a woman that's uh, that's married, but her desire is to be loved to love somebody and to actually have things like a high education to be to be more than just a tool for somebody's inheritance and somebody's dynasty and with all of that in mind ken i want to ask you what do you think is your purpose what is your identity and what do you desire 
Well, based on everything that you said so far, especially about these different characters, it did make me realize that there is a lot of, well, I think it's everywhere in almost every single good story. When people have conflicts or, 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 or urges or desires or um, they, they're trying to find their purpose, it makes one an amazing story because it lets them go through a nice decent arc for them realizing what they truly want or maybe mm-hmm. what they truly wanted wasn't exactly what they wanted um and then we can almost apply that in our everyday lives so for example uh, what i want is, what i want out of myself my expectations for myself are the things that give me purpose um without those things i wouldn't be able to well well, do a lot of the things that I've done or the things that I want to do. Um, the, the things that I desire at this moment in time is capitalizing on all the things that I've started, all the things that I know that I'm good at or I know that I want to be good at and having something out there for it, for all those different things. Um, and that is just a list of few, um, you know, this current podcast. Um, we have... Well, I have my um, the game. I mean, I created a game, put it on the App Store. Um, I'm a maths teacher. I, I I want to design amazing lessons, and that's more a personal thing to try and help, you know, whoever I come across to make sure they're uh, as good at maths or you know at least aspiring to be better at maths. Um, uh, there, there's oh man, there's a lot, man. Um, boy, my main desire is is having the opportunity to give other people opportunities. And, you know, you could say that, I'm in a school already, that's more or less what I'm doing. Um, I, I want to expand my bubble. I want to expand the bubble, not just to the kids, to my friends, to anyone that I might come across, to people I, I don't even come across. Um, I like Even my YouTube videos that are out, the maths ones, they're doing relatively good. And to see the comments of saying, oh, thank you, I really need this video, my teacher ain't told me this, blah, 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 blah. Like, that, that's allowed me to really solidify one aspect that I, I always run from my mind or the word that always runs from my mind, which is legacy. Like, what, what would what did I leave on this world? What would I leave to my children? How far can my name go? And how much would my name be associated with greatness? So I, I want to leave a legacy on this earth. And I cannot do that if I sit on my hands wishing that I might do this. So I, I'm always active, or I'm at least always trying to be active to make sure all these different things, well, pan out. Even if they don't, even get into a certain stage is still a big success. I, I, I want to, as cheesy as it sounds, to, to help the world in some aspects. And that's why uh, I'm into teaching. That's why um, I've made my YouTube videos. That's why I've made the game. Uh, that's why I've made this podcast as an outlet, you know, that's why I want to make that teacher comic. Well, I'm still in the process of it. But no, th- those are all the things that I uh, I desire. Like my legacy. Uh, I want to secure my legacy. And so I think that's that, that's more or less it. Yeah. Some good stuff right there. Some good oh, stuff. thank you. Thank you. How about you? How about you? What, 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 are, what are the things that you desire? What are the things that you want to, um, that you expect from yourself? Well, let me start off with identity, who I think I am. And the the fascinating thing, we live in a world right now um, where identity is a very, very broad thing now, you know, uh, trying to identify who you, who you are mentally, sexually, physically, 
uh socially spiritually it's it, it's a spider's web but um for me who i identify myself as is um i i identify as a person that that likes to create you know i'm always having ideas i'm always running stories in my head i feel like a, a storyteller i don't know whether i'm an amazing one but i try you know i'm, I'm a trier um I think in the past I was I was terrified of trying because there was this belief that if you tried and failed, that was the worst thing on the planet. And um, at some point in my life, pardon me, I uh, I just kind of said, "Go for it, man." Worst case scenario, somebody turns around and say, "You suck," and that's one opinion. And maybe loads of people say that, but again, it's just opinions. They're not they're not physical roadblocks. The only physical roadblocks is yourself and stopping yourself. So there was a definitely an evolution there for me to get uh and a bit of a journey to get to that point um i consider myself to obviously you know nerdy kind of guy you know for lack of a better word like i i am enthusiastic on like the creative arts i love movies i love games i love comic books i love animation all of these tools of storytelling um even old radio shows like um I think one of the things that got me into podcasts in terms of both consuming them and the the passion to do it myself was uh, listening to this. Um, there was two of them. One was um, a, it was a focus on Adnan Saeed, a guy that was in prison for the murder of his ex-girlfriend, but there wasn't any real evidence that he did it. it was all done through testimony and this um podcast i think it was one of the biggest podcasts at the time where it was I a remember, yeah it was a journey to for the person doing it they didn't want to try and prove that whether he did it or not to in a way to get him out of prison they just wanted to understand where things went wrong for him and he ended up in prison and if the hope is what she uncovers does let him get out great if it doesn't and it doesn't but she needed to find out for herself and the way the person actually broke it down and i wish i could remember the name um of the show it was it was just brilliant the way she covered the information the the interviews uh the anecdotes uh the experimentation she actually tried uh, got in the car drove down the route that was uh claimed that he drove down to kill his ex-girlfriend and get back to and she said like when she tried it initially, it was literally impossible. Then she tried it another day uh, and realized that there's a small window where it doesn't quite meet the timing, but it still kind of fits within the window. So it, 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 she had to kind of abandon that as a theory and it's brilliant. And the crazy thing is the second one that got me into it was a Halo podcast, which was called Hunt the Truth, which literally was kind of like took that other podcasts as inspiration and is basically surrounded about a uh, Halo is a video game by the way on Xbox um, about the space marine that fights aliens but it was basically this podcast was following this conspiracy against the Master Chief who is the space marine and how he's on the hunt from the UNSC this uh, this world government because of a crime that he committed but as the show goes on you realize there's a deeper conspiracy and it's literally done in the same style. And that level of storytelling, I thought to myself, this is incredible. This is what old radio used to be. And 
years later, it took me a very long time to get the confidence to say, I'm going to, I'm going to attack this myself. I'm going to try it and, and put it out there. Um, so my story, my perception of the world and all of the things that I'm into and hopefully you enjoy. Um, and that's, that's part of my desire as well. I, my desire is to create to whether it's a drawing, whether it's a piece of media, whether it's just even creating something, a conversation with a stranger or somebody that I know it's like, I, I love that. I, I love just getting lost in the subject. And as it's going along, we're having a back and forth verbal tennis and it can go from one thing to another. And it's like, that's creation within itself. Uh, the worst thing that could happen to me is if I couldn't do that anymore whether it be through death or unfortunate circumstances where, you know, I lose, use the ability, lose the ability to use my body. Um, I always have this kind of running nightmare that, um, that I lose my drawing hand. And that's one of the most depressing things I could think of. I could lose, knock on wood, lose my legs and be fine. If I lose my hand and the idea that I have to relearn how to draw maybe with my left hand or maybe relearn how to draw with my feet, which there's people out there that do that. Like they either they've always done it because that's just their circumstances of their life or they lost their hand and they had to find other ways. And that's amazing to me. But initially, and I could imagine they go, go through the same thing of great depression. Even me thinking about it, it's like, no, I, I thank God for every day, my ability to put pen to paper and produce. Um, and that's me in the in, in the in a nutshell. But um, I think Ken, I don't know where do you, where do you want to go with this? Do you think do you think it's a we can call it to a close there? Because I think we've covered a lot these two episodes. No, we have we have. Um, I, I think it, it's good to be in this kind of mindset of truly understanding our position in the world from our perspective but also trying to understand it from a wider aspect so that we gain a deeper um a deeper vision of you know what it is that we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it i'm not saying that there is a perfect path or there's a perfect way of doing anything from the lot of things that we've <laughs> talked about today um it's clear to see that there isn't a perfect path well one thing that is uh, um that the theme that is constant throughout this is that you know try and find happy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as as easy as that might, might might sound but no it's true like from everything we've talked about just try and find happy try and find where you're comfortable um preferably without hurting someone or, or annoying people but you know try and find happy with, with who you are most importantly and try and find happy in in this world because you know, if you're happy with yourself, even in a crazy environment, at least you have that solace. If you try and find happy in the world that you're living in and happiness within yourself, I, I think people will just leave better and more fruitful lives. Um, and I, I, I have struggled with this, but I am in a better position than I am from the last few years. So yeah, um, try and find happy. And it's, like I said, it's helpful to have these conversations because a lot of people right now, especially, cannot find happiness. The environment isn't allowing them to find happiness. And, you know, a lot of things are happening in people's lives, so they can't even find happiness or solace within themselves or peace within themselves. So, yeah, I, I think it's good to keep this in mind, not to, you know, go crazy and think, okay, world is, is crazy, I'm, I'm done with the world, which can lead to very dark thoughts. More so to be grateful of the things that we do have. Um, that, that hit, that, that 
that, that was very true what you said about um you know your your your, your drawing hand how, how that'll be devastating um we, we give thanks to the things like that. It's so massive. I've seen so many people, uh, especially on social media, that are, are so frustrated with people that don't concern them or so frustrated about them not being able to attain things that they've seen online. Um, they should just try and find happiness with, within themselves. Stop worrying about what other people are doing. Uh, yeah, so no, it, it, it's, been, it's been a good... Uh, it's been a good session today. It's been a good couple of sessions. Um, even if it's just to land on that message for people where, you know, try and find happy, try and try and, you know, even if it's difficult, even if, you know, you're not able to find it in a year's time, in a week's time, in a month's time, whenever time, you know, don't stop trying. Because, you know, I, I've, I've told quite a few people that the chances that we even exist are phenomenal. It, it, it is ridiculous. The numbers are in the trillions of trillions you know, for us to evolve in this way, to be alive in this decade where, you know, prejudice isn't as horrible as it was back in the day. I'm not saying it's not prevalent, but it's still it's still there. Um, to, you know, for you to be the strongest, you know, sperm to make it to your mom, you know, like there's so many things that make it a, a blessing to be alive or to be where we are right now. And we have to try and find ways to be happy and we're content with who we are, or even if we're not, trying to still find happiness with who we are. Because the chances of us even being here are astronomical. So yeah, well, let me well, get off my uh, philosophical high horse and uh, let's try and wrap off the show. <laughs> okay, well put. Uh, just before we go, uh, I want to thank all of the people out there that have listened to our first two episodes. Um, we really appreciate uh, you listening to us, so we really appreciate that you you want to listen to us uh, when you could be doing so much more with your time. And we hope that you continue to listen to us. But we also want you to engage with us. Um, you know, um, feel free on whatever platform you you are on. If you have the ability to comment, um, feel free to do so. We're, we're here to have a back and forth with you. You are part of our community, and we also want you to to share this out. Um, whoever you feel in your life could benefit from our words, you know, just be entertained by two guys just shooting the shit about movies, TVs, comic books, games, entertainment, and what it means to us, how it makes us feel, who we are. Uh, please, please share, uh, just to help us grow our community and reach more people and entertain more people. And, uh, another opportunity uh, for you to get in contact with us is like ken tell us your um your in your web where they can contact you um just so well yeah okay cool so you'll find me on instagram i am i'm mr ken that is i am as an i am and then mr ken um and that's the main place that you'll find me you won't find me on twitter uh, okay. Facebook, I've abandoned. But yeah, on, on Instagram, you'll find me on I'm Mr. Ken. How about you, Tony? Where, where, where can people find you? Is it just one place? Is it Instagram as well? So you can find you can find me personally on Instagram uh, under Royale. That's R-O-Y-A-L-E dot majesty, as in her or his royal majesty. So that's Royale dot majesty on Instagram. Uh, on uh, you can also find us on Instagram under our um, 
podcast channel name, which is ondeck.podcast. So that's ondeck.podcast. Also, we have a Twitter. Please follow us on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at ondeck with T-N-K. That's T-N-November-K. So hit us up. You know, have a little dialogue with us. For any for all of the people that made it to the end of this, you are the MVP and you have the opportunity to have a dialogue with us. Be one of the first to do so. So uh, on yeah. that note, um, I must bid you adieu. Hopefully uh, we can produce another episode in the near future. Um, that's, the, that's the dream. That's the purpose. That's the desire. And... Yeah, it's it's gonna come to pass. As far as I'm concerned, it's gonna come to pass. So, um, this is me signing out. Ken, do your thing. Yeah, man. Once again, just to reiterate what Tony said. Thanks for everyone that has made it to this, uh, uh, well, this part of the podcast. Now, the mad thing about making it to this part, it, we know podcasts can go on for very long. People can easily switch off. Um, yeah, literally, I, I mess with you. If you have made it to this part, you are the MVP. Um, that means you truly, truly like care about what we're saying and you really care about, well, us. So yeah, please, please, please uh, like, you know, share everything, interact with us. We're not doing this for clout. We're not doing this for fame. We just said, let's do this because we like, we like our conversations. We, we do get quite intellectual, sometimes spiritual, sometimes, you know, conceptual. So if, if that's something that you like, we would love to gain your opinion. Yeah. Mess with us. We'll mess with you. Okay. Um, respectfully at least <laughs> uh, but yeah guys Tony it's been good um, adios peace out <laughs>